Welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast. Every day, we see a battle of hate versus kindness. Bullies choose hate. But guess what, guys? Kindness always wins. Here at BBG, we dive into everything from overcoming bullies to building resiliency in ourselves. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb, and let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. Guys, it's no secret. Our youth are being pummeled right now by all sorts of influences online. They're being told how to look and how to act, and they're being given all these unrealistic expectations by the accounts they follow on Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat. They're getting addicted to things like porn and their smartphones, and they're depressed, and they're anxious, and it's such a hard time to be a kid. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Um, My guest today, Luke Petrie, um, he's an 18-year-old kid, guys. Um, He's the founder of The Colin Project, and his message is going to inspire so much hope in you guys, especially if you have a child or if you yourself has struggled with addiction and are looking for some ray of hope, please listen to this. You're going to love it. But first, got to pay the bills. We back, everybody. So like I said in the intro, our youth, they're getting so much thrown at them, and it's killing them. Parents sometimes ask, what age should I give my kid a social media and a smartphone? And I'm like, well, what age would you like them to see porn? Because that's exactly what's happening, guys. Um, They're going to see it. My guest today, Luke Petrie, just he knows just how harmful porn and social media can be. Through his hard journey, he's been able to help so many people. And he's recently founded The Colin Project in honor of our late friend, Colin Karchner. So welcome, welcome, Luke, to the show. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, man. I was, I was so psyched when you're like, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, no big deal. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh my gosh. He's coming guys. So first off, I don't know. How the heck are you, man? Where you come out of this from? You know, I'm doing good. I've just been, um, you know, putting a lot of time into some of these projects, um, like the Colin project, like YouTube videos, um, and a few other things that are coming up that, um, Hopefully you'll be involved in as well. But um, yeah, so just sort of putting a lot of my time into this mission lately, which has been great. <laughs> yeah, guys, I, I don't know if you guys follow Luke on Instagram. You should. And it's gonna be all on it's gonna be in the in the in the description of the episode and everything. But homeboy knows how to videographer. Like, holy crap. <laughs> he's so good at what he does. I didn't see some of your stuff. So it's just amazing. So thank you so much for coming in. Um thank so you. Let's hear your story. I mean, I've heard it a few times and I'm just floored every single time. How did you land yourself in this space of advocacy? Um, Well, it started out um, when I was around nine years old when I was exposed to pornography for the first time. Um, And you know, that, that just continued. It was just a vicious, vicious cycle. So from, from nine until 11, I would say it was probably the curiosity phase, but as soon as I was around 11 years old, it started becoming very, very habitual. Mm. Um, And, and I was very deep in this um, habit or addiction or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. of pornography um, use. And I, I wanted in those first few years, you know, I wanted so badly to stop and, um, and I knew that it was wrong, but eventually I just gave up on myself maybe. Um, and it came to a point around the time when I was maybe 15 or so 
that I finally just decided like, I'm just sick of the fight. I'm sick of the fear and the shame and the isolation. Um, and I just sort of decided, yeah, you know, I don't care about anything that I believe to be true anymore. And I just, you know, I don't want to have to deal with this. And so I just started really going down not a good path. And anyway, so, so several years passed and, and around the time I was 17, um, I finally started to have some really good friends in my life. And, um, I remember, yeah, I mean, one night, one of these friends who, who he had been open and vulnerable with me about his struggle with pornography. And I hadn't said anything to him about mine yet, but he just asked me like, Hey, uh, have you ever struggled with pornography? Just like totally out of the blue, oh my gosh. not even part of the conversation. And it was just like, it was definitely a godsend. Um, that question, that moment. And, you know, in that moment, all the fear and everything was just building up. And I just decided to say yes. Um, and that yes, just changed my entire life. And so can't even from that imagine. point, I started realizing, yeah, right. It's, it's, I mean, years, nine, like eight years up to this point of this struggle, you know, and, wow. and from that point, it just kept going. I started really trying to learn and figure out how to overcome this. And it, it wasn't quick. It took a year or two, you know, it, right. Right. Um, and, but I finally started to figure out what worked for me, how to work through this. And I also realized that not only did my best friend struggle with this, but all of my friends and best friends were too. And it was like, Oh my goodness. Right. Um, You know, and hearing about the statistics, it's like, well, you know, nine out of 10 guys at least will struggle with this Um, and seven out of 10 girls. And so it's like, man, you start realizing you're not alone. And so once I realized that, I was like, man, it took me eight years, nine years to realize that I wasn't alone. Why is that? That's you know, crazy. that's such a problem. Yeah. Um, why should it take nine years for me, this little kid, teenage boy to realize, oh my gosh, I'm not alone in this struggle and it's mm-hmm. possible to overcome it. And so wow. I decided I want to be that person for someone else. And so I spent all day one day and I wrote out this big old post, talked about my story, talked about right. all the statistics, all the, all the science and facts about pornography and just shared it on Instagram. And it, and it went a little bit viral, um, a little bit shared around everywhere. A little bit. You know. All right. He he's been, a, <laughs> he's been a little humble y'all. This thing caught on fire. <laughs> it was so amazing. And then homeboy ends up on our buddy Collins podcast. Yeah. Keep going, man. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, well, you know, Colin saw it somehow. I don't know how. I think someone uh, tagged him in my comments and he messaged me and he was like, dude, Luke, this is so cool that you're sharing this. Can I share this with my followers? Like, you're awesome. You're going to change the world, man. Like, Insert like oh my gosh. Who- oh my gosh. Right? Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm like a TEDx speaker and thinks that I'm cool. What? Right. That's but- so cool. But it just sort of spiraled from that point on. And I realized after the major response of that first post that I ever made, um, how much of a problem this is and how it hides in darkness. But I realized how important it is to talk about it because we don't want to be, you know, um, the person who hides it and and makes, you know, little nine-year-old Luke feel like he's alone for nine years, Mm -hmm. you know, and um and so it just continued. I was able to go on Colin's podcast. I was right. able to make a video with him, go to speaking gigs and do all sorts of other podcasts and other things. And it's been great, this advocacy and being vocal. Um, it's been really amazing. That's awesome, man. Holy crap. Just holy poop. 
that is crazy. <laughs> um, so your earliest recollection, I mean, that's like nine years old. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And what breaks my heart is I'm, I'm finding out that's becoming more and more of the norm of what I'm finding out. The kids the, with the struggle, it's, it's not like it just popped up one day when they were a fully matured teenager. I mean, kids are getting exposed to this at a young, young age. So mm-hmm. as, even younger than nine now, I think. Oh, yeah. With, especially with TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we got like kids, six year old kids. Oh yeah. yeah. Little five and six year olds. And if you're on TikTok, you're going to see porn. That's oh, just yeah. sort of how it is. You know, hundred percent. If you have TikTok on your phone, go do yourself a favor and delete it. It's a bunch of garbage fire dumpster fire right there. Um, so as I don't know, as the years yes. went on, um, as you began to kind of spiral, um, you know, through your youth with this problem, um, how hard was it to admit that you were addicted to something? Like, was that one of the harder things to admit it to yourself? Yeah. Um, I remember moments throughout those years where, where I would, I would want to stop. I would be like, okay, I'm going to stop. Like I would always do this. Like I'm going to stop. Like I, I tried saying, Oh, I'm going to stop in like, like now, or I'm going to stop like next week or whatever. And it just got worse and worse until I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, when I was 11, I was like, I'll stop when I'm 12. I was like you know, making these ridiculous things for me. But as I kept doing that, and as literally years passed, as I, you know, being 12 and saying, oh, I'll stop when I'm 13, 13, oh, I'll stop when I'm 14, right. And I was just being in this ridiculous cycle of like, you know, like I couldn't stop. And so I was literally setting year long goals and they weren't working. I started, I remember these moments thinking like, oh my gosh, am I like, is this an addiction? Because I, I can't stop. It's been four years now, you know, right? right? At whatever point. And it's been four years, five years, six years. Like, why can't I stop this? Um, and so, yeah, there were definitely moments where, it, and it was really hard too, um, acknowledging that. Oh yeah, totally. Um, no one wants to admit I would that- wonder and I'd be like, I'd be like, no, 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 no. That's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And then push it off. Um, mm. But yeah, definitely. Dang. Oh, that breaks my heart. I mean, and this went on for, you know, like nine-ish years until your friend in Chick-fil-A, thank you, Chick-fil-A, of all places, <laughs> um, you know, dropped that bomb on you. And did I don't know, like you said that changed everything. Did you feel like the weight of the world lifted off your shoulders when you finally said it out loud to somebody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, and I mean, you'll, you'll hear that from everyone, everyone, if you're listening to this and you're struggling, you will hear that from everyone who, who has ever just finally spoken out. When you speak out, when you get vocal, when you tell a friend or a parent or whoever you feel you can rely on and be vulnerable with, it really is the weight of the world off your shoulders. And this is with anything, any struggle. Um, it really is the weight of the world off your shoulders. Oh man, that's so true. Like kids really need to know that, you know, those, that those people in their lives that are there for them are there for them. Um, and so this went on for, you know, nine years and then you're able to, you know, try and try and you were able to climb your way out of that pit and holy <laughs> crap, the things you're doing now is amazing. Um, so when you were kind of in that pit though, was did social media play a role at all like mentally it must have had some sort of influence in you as things progressed oh yeah um the more and more i learn about it see i've I've always sort of maybe acknowledged social media as playing a role right um but the more and more i'm studying and reading books about it lately um and 
and just learning and building my knowledge on social media, the topic of social media and its effects specifically, the more I realized um, how much of a catalyst it was. Um, it was really something at the root um, or one of the roots of, of the problem because social media um, is probably the quickest way to create a um, instant gratification cycle within yeah. a child or teenager, especially. Yeah. Um, it's the quickest and easiest way to create an instant gratification cycle. And that instant gratification cycle goes out into everything. When you get that way with social media, you get that way with pornography. You get that way with maybe fast food. You get that way with relationships. You get that way with everything in your life. And so, yeah, social media played a huge part, not only in just the negative mental effects, but also in the fact that social media, like we say, um, I mean, if you give your, you know, if you give your kid a phone, they're going to be seeing porn yeah. and that's social, that is social media, um, social yeah. media, you know, it is just filled with filth, um, all over. Yeah. And, uh, the more and more, I, I mean, so I, I, I talked to, uh, your, your buddy Smith a couple weeks ago, um, similar thing, like, and, and that, that was kind of the deal. I mean, it happened to me too. I mean, I'm 27 it happened to me 10 years ago. Um, mm -hmm where, you know, you see all these unrealistic expectations on social media of what you should look like, what you should be doing, how you should love, what you should love. And then, you know, it's, it's super easy. One click away all over Instagram, mm. all over TikTok. And parents have this false sense of security because they have some sort of parental lock or they have screen time or something right. on, their, on right. their kid's phone. And they're, it's not going to happen to my kid. And then they're like, holy crap, out of my kid. What did I do? <laughs> I'm like, your kid changed their time yeah. and they got on the internet. That's what happened. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I love that you said it changes your view of what you should love and how you should love, because I think that's a lot of it. Um, we, we a lot of times talk about in this world, we talk about these self-worth issues that social media brings, um, you know, and, and we already had self-worth issues in a big way before social media, you oh, know, yeah. just being at school and seeing all the popular kids and maybe not being the most cool popular kid in school that creates self-worth. But when that's your entire life, when you go to school and it's that way, and then you go home and it's worse on your phone, um, creating that self-worth makes you, it, it makes it really hard to love yourself. It makes it really hard to love those around you in the correct way. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes it a lot easier to settle for fake love, to yes. settle for likes, to settle for porn, to settle for how many comments telling you that you look great in your picture. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it really changes the way that we love. Truly. It truly does. Um, and, and then we keep on giving our kids smartphones and it's become ever more and more easy to access harmful material online. And I think a lot of parents are kind of in denial because they're like, no, I'm doing what I'm supposed to, dang it. Um, yeah. And like, it can't happen. I'm like, it, it, it has already. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, if your kid has Snapchat, uh, don't ask them, have you ever been sent a nude? Ask them, when's the last time you've been sent a nude? Um, because yeah. it's, it, ugh, it's, yeah. So just think about that, guys, a little bit. Let that sink in, okay? <laughs> and like I said, like Luke and Smith, these guys, this is the norm for so many kids. So many kids are suffering in silence because they're terrified to let their parents know or to tell somebody because, I mean, I don't know, for you, what, what was some of the most terrifying aspects of telling somebody that you were having this problem? You know, I, I mean, there's a lot of answers 
you know, like obviously just being afraid of what people would think of me and, you know, being afraid. I don't know why I was afraid, but, you know, being afraid that my parents would get mad at me or something like that. Right. And you had good parents for some, right. And for for some people that is a legitimate worry, but for me, I, I mean, I, I could, there's no way that I was actually worried. My parents would get mad at me. I knew that they wouldn't, but deep down inside that fear and the shame that it creates makes you feel like everyone hates you. It makes you feel like because you you begin to hate yourself. And so you think that the reaction and the way you feel towards yourself towards it um, about it is the way that everyone else will feel towards you about it. And that's just not true Um, or it shouldn't be true because in some cases that is a problem. I mean, I've had kids message me and they're like, hey, like I've tried opening up to my dad about this and um, and he just got mad at me and yelled at me and etc and that's so hard and but but then again I've had so many other kids message me and say I I talked to my dad and he um and he really helped me out or mm-hmm. I'm just scared to talk to my dad and so there's all these different right. angles that it comes from but we have to sort of realize and be honest with ourselves in the way that like okay so generally in most cases people aren't going to have the same attitude towards you as you have towards yourself yeah and this, I mean, um, the, the whole, I mean, the, while when someone views porn, right, they feel horrible, they feel shame, they feel guilt instantly. And because they feel crappy about themselves, they go do it again. And then they feel even crappier about themselves. Exactly. And then they project that feeling onto what they think other people think of them. They're like, I feel horrible. Everyone must think I'm horrible. And they don't want to talk to anybody about it. Yes. And anyone who's listening is struggling. Talk to somebody. Um, if you don't feel safe talking to your parents, talk to a friend. Okay. I'm a high school counselor. I've had lots of people open up to me because they don't feel safe around their parents. Um, I've had people open up to me and be like, how can I like, let's role play this something so we can figure something out. Um, and parents know that we're trying so hard to change the culture around taboo subjects like this, um, around things like pornography, around addiction in general. I mean, Mm -hmm. Parents, none of y'all were perfect. Okay, Karen, over there talking to the manager, you did not have a perfect life and neither will your daughter or your son. That's just how human beings are. So don't mm. fly off the handles when uh, when kids aren't perfect because they're not going to be. Yeah. It's just unrealistic. Um, so you're in, I mean, you just graduated high school, what, like just last year, right? Um, yeah, 2019. Yeah, it's crazy to think it was, it's only been one year, right? It's like, we've, it's got to be at least <laughs> five like, years ago. <laughs> like, no, it's been definitely three years since I graduated, but no, it was, yeah, it was, it was 2019. So yeah. How, how did, how did this affect you as a student? I mean, I'm sure, sh- I, I feel like this would have impacted your life in so many ways as a teenager. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it, I, I never wanted to acknowledge it, but now looking back, I realized, wow, this affected everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, we have to get to the root of the problem and it's, and it's the, um, that instant gratification cycle that it creates that addiction cycle does affect things, everything in your life, um, when you are in it. And so it, everything, it really created for those in the back, right, everything, yes, <laughs> it created a mindset where I, and this is going to sound very like general, but it created a mindset where I didn't, I no longer wanted to do hard things. Oh yeah. Um, because it's quick and easy and I can feel, I can feel good in five minutes, you know, you know, 
looking at porn or giving in to any other um, instant gratification like that. And so why would I sit down and focus on my schoolwork right. when I can feel good within five minutes? Or, you know, why would I, um, why would I take the time to grow a real true relationship with someone when I can have a fake one? It's just this very fake um, quick mindset that we get into. And so, yeah, it really affected everything. It affected my schoolwork. I was never a, a good student, um, <laughs> especially in high school. And I, and I think that this is part of the part of the reason, just the mindset that it gave yeah. me. Um, I, I didn't have a lot of great friends until about junior year. I did, but I didn't really, I don't know didn't have connections with people until about okay. junior year. And I think that this was a lot of the problem. Um, Just kind of shutting yourself and, out. Yeah. And, uh, and I was very, very depressed and anxious as well um, mm. for a lot of high school. And this just fed into that and the, and the, the depression and anxiety fed into the pornography and the social media. And so yeah, it, I mean, when when I when we say it affects every aspect of your life, and people are like, no, it really doesn't affect me. I still I still look at women with respect. I still <laughs> this and this and this. It's like uh, I don't think so. I think you're lying to yourself. Yep, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So, and then that 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 wonderful that wonderful day when you were able to finally tell someone, yes, I am struggling. What were some of the steps that you took to overcome it? Cause I know there's so many people that, you know, they try and they fail and they give up because they failed. They're like, all right, I've gone 14 days and then I failed. Now I'm going to stop. Um, what right. are some of the things you went through to, to, to help you overcome this? Yeah. A lot of it is simply the, a mindset change. Mm. Um, like I've been saying, it's this mindset of instant gratification. And so you have to learn to have a mindset of discipline mm. and delayed gratification um, in a very general sense. And that's what really, really helped. Um, that's what I really had to learn um, was first of all, that sort of mental mindset um, change. And um, another thing was it, was, it was a lot of learning. It's a learning process. It's something that I don't think we talk about. We yeah. talk about, you know, like a lot of times we talk about like, you know, like you were saying the count two weeks and then mess up and go back to zero or whatever else we talk about with recovery. But we have to understand that when our brains are functioning in these path in these pathways in these in these ways of thinkings, right. our neuron pathways in our brains are literally molded into this way of thinking, and so we have to reroute the neuron pathways in our brain. Yeah. Um, and so what that is is learning. That's what we do when we learn. That's why learning hurts because you're literally creating pathways, physical pathways through your brain. Like whenever you learn something really hard, you're like, man, my brain hurts. Actually, it does. It's not even a saying. Yeah. It really does. Um, and so you have to change that. You have to learn, um, you know, why, why don't I want to uh, look at porn? Um, something I've said is you need, there's several questions. You need to um, be honest about what it is. You know, you have to be honest with yourself. What is this? This is an addiction. What is porn? Porn is this. And um, it's, you know, it's truly gross in this way, but it also affects people in this way and hurts people in this way right. on my end of the screen and on their end of the screen. So yes. what, you have to be honest about what, um, and then you have to be honest about when, um, when am I going to overcome this? Cause for me, Oh, when I'm 14, Oh, when I'm 15, right. right. 
you have to be honest, no, I'm going to work on recovery now because recovery is a journey, not a destination. And then you have to be honest about why, why do I want to do this? Why do I want to, you know, um, what, um, well, let's see, like for me, it was, my why was for my future wife and for yeah. my family and for God and for myself. So what is your why? Um, and if you have these questions, then it makes it so much easier. It's going to be hard, but it makes right. it so much easier because it has meaning. Right. And so you have to have meaning. You have to work on learning. Right. I love that. There's a book by Simon Sinek. It's called Start With Why, um, where he talks about how, you know, we got to start with why we're doing something. And I love that. Um, you, in, in past, I, I've I've heard you talk about concepts um, like like that mind shift um, from more of like kind of like a linear perspective to more like a hmm. cyclical perspective. Explain that a little bit. Yes. So this perspective of counting the days uh, until you mess up and then going back to zero. Um, this whole perspective that we often have in addiction of I'm two months clean. I'm one year clean. I think right. is a really dangerous, dangerous mindset. I think it has worked, but I don't think it's effective. And I think it's really harmful for the recovery process. And yeah. this is what we would call a linear mindset or a Western mindset, a Greek mindset. Yeah. Um, this is, this is the way that our society thinks our society thinks linearly. And, um, and so it's all about what's the next thing, what's the quickest instant gratification in a straight line, right? The linear thinking. Um, but when we change our mindset to a cyclical mindset, um, this is the way that the Hebrews think. Um, I mean, circle for all you people like me who don't know what that is. I mean, circles. <laughs> right, cyclical or circular mindset. This is what the Hebrews think. And so the way that this mindset works is it allows us much easier to have a why and become better through our why. So another example of the Hebrew mindset, um, the Hebrew way of thinking is that if we can fully and truly believe Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. If we can fully and truly believe that verse, we don't need any of the rest of the Bible. That is the way that the Hebrew mindset thinks. And the rest of the Bible is there because we're humans and because we really suck at taking things for, for what they are. and yep. um, and et cetera, et cetera. So like when we have this mindset, if we replace Genesis 1-1 and then not needing the rest of the Bible with having a strong and powerful why for why you want to overcome an addiction or a struggle, right. then you don't need anything else essentially in this mindset. And so that's why right. this mindset is so powerful because with a strong why you can overcome any how. And um, rather than going back to zero, ra rather than failure being such a determining factor, you continue. Um, in the cyclical, yes, in the cyclical mindset, you continue. A circle has no beginning and no end. Listen, people. Yes, I love this. It's kind of like like when with with the linear, you know, when people get their coins, like I'm six months sober, nine months sober, twelve months sober, whatever. And then when they, if they ever relapse, it goes back down to zero. But instead, it's like no, you're 14 days sober, whatever. Tomorrow's still day 15. You know, if you messed up on day 14, okay, color in that circle so you can know that you messed up on that right. day. Like, oh my gosh, you went 14 whole days. That's so amazing. Yeah. Don't let that go. Don't let that disappear. When you go to zero, that all disappears. The 14 days or the two months or the two years, 
when you mess up, all disappears in the linear mindset. But with the cyclical mindset, it stays there. We get to learn from it and grow from it and say, I did that. I overcame 14 days yeah. without messing up. And, and that's next, so beautiful. And the next day is still day 15. It's kind of like a staircase, like instead yeah. of like a straight line of like, and then you drop off, you know, you go, yeah. you go, a certain, you go a certain amount of days and then you plateau or whatever. And then a certain amount of days and you never stop going. Um, right. I love that so much. And you are a very, very, okay, guys read more books because then you'll end up like Luke and be an amazing fella. Um, <laughs> just going to put that there. Holy crap, man. This has been, oh, this is so cool. You're such an inspiration to all of us. I mean, to those of you who are struggling, don't give up. There's always hope you're worth it and you can handle it. You might need help, but you can do it. Um, what would you say to parents of kids who are struggling with this stuff? What would be your, you know, main couple of things you would tell them? I would say you're not alone. Um, <laughs> I yeah. think that a lot of times when parents find out that their kids are struggling with something like this, they're like, oh my goodness, how could my Johnny, how could my Johnny, you know, like that we get in this very, um, you know, like blinded mindset, you know, like horse blinders, like we can only see that our son is looking at this disgusting thing online, you know, and it's yeah. like, ah, actually, <laughs> your next door neighbor's son is too. And that next door neighbor's son is too. And, and you gave him the machine. So, so realize, <laughs> right, exactly. So realize you're not alone, but also realize that you have to take some responsibility. Yeah. Um, now don't, you know, don't let yourself wallow in this blame, but because really it's, I mean, you gave them the phone, but you didn't know most right. of the time that this is how it would turn out. Right. Um, society has tricked us into thinking yep. A, my my eight-year-old, my nine-year-old, my 10-year-old needs a phone. And so you've been tricked. Realize that you have been tricked. Um, and not to put so much blame on yourself, not to put so much blame on your child, but to realize that now you get to work through this. Um, and it's going to take a lot of love because yeah. um, with without, without love, you'll get nowhere. It's going to take connection because um, Johan Hari says the opposite of addiction is connection. Oh. Um, Write that down. And, huh? I said, write that down. You, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's going to be a process, but the biggest thing is love your child. We, if you've ever listened to any of, you know, Colin's podcasts or anything like this, um, Colin always would say, when your child tells you, or when you find out that your child is struggling with pornography or something of this sort, give them a big hug and tell them, I love you. Yeah. And tell them it's okay, and I and I don't see you any differently. And how can I help? Um, don't immediately take away their phones and nope. give them all these restrictions because it'll push them deeper into that cycle. It'll make them feel shameful and dark and sad. Yeah. But say, how can I help? Let's work together. If you want to overcome this, I want to help you, and let's work to overcome this together and figure out a plan that works for us. And uh, you know, I think you'll be golden. Um, I love that. Oh man. I love it. I love all this. I love you, man. You're so awesome. Good crap. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, that, that reminds me of, I mean, you know, I've, I've been a school counselor for what, two years now. And already I've had so many parents just like, what do I do if X, Y, and Z happens? Or I have people DM me for on boys be gone over here. They're like, my kid messed up. What do I do? And I'm like the first three words that should ever come out of your mouth is I love you. And the next five are be, and I always will. 
Um, yes. So that there's no doubt in their mind that they are loved and that that love is not conditional on their behavior. Um, oh, man. All right. So oh, it was like four months ago. It was like back in May. You wrote a cool little poem thing. Um, I did. What are the odds that you still have that memorized? <laughs> you know, I don't know if I have it memorized, but I do have it written down. All right. Would you be willing to read that off for us um, and share that with us? Just because absolutely, it, it hit me in my heart when I heard this. And I think this would be the perfect way for us to kind of close things up. Okay. I will go ahead and share my poem. Um, I wrote this back in May and it's called Children Killing Children. I remember being 11. I remember wondering if I was a hero or a villain cause heroes win and villains are addicted. Heroes defeat all the shadows villains live in. Heroes speak, but villains thoughts are silent. That's what I thought. See, no 11 year old should ever have to choose between family and the pit they've been digging or how many weeks or days or hours it's been since they last failed and gave in. No 11 year old should ever have to wonder if their life is worth living. That's what I thought. That was the lie that it was telling me that every time I searched it up, I became less human, the enemy. But that lie for all its truth is not what the industry was selling me. And the truth in all its lies wasn't what my addicted 11 year old brain kept telling me. I remember being 13. I read a book one day with a scary story about scary things about children killing children. And I remember thinking, how far do we have to fall as a society to be living in this hell? How could they ever make me kill someone that I have never met? Someone who dreams and hopes and fears like me, but has to live their life in dread because they are at the mercy of the thoughts up in my head. Yeah, it got me thinking, but not enough. I was still stuck in a fallacy. So I went into my room, locked the door, picked up my phone and made that scary story a reality. Porn kills children. That's what they're selling. They make us feel like we're the enemy when they make us the accessory and they take our hearts in revelry, but we aren't the true enemy, it's porn. The biggest industry in the world because it's webs and slimy fingers are entangled in our norms. 1.2 million kids a year are taken and they're sold. And who helps fund it? Porn. And who helps fund them? Us. Children killing children. I remember being 15, ready to give up all I knew and what I thought was true just to escape the fear and doubt and shame that I never outgrew. I was still a kid, every day giving my heart to an addiction that would leave me worse every time I'd start. And while it was killing me, what I didn't know was that it was killing more than my dreams and hopes and happiness and the plan God had in store, an evil centerpiece of darkness with a revolver in its pocket. And all the energy I put in was a bullet chambered cocket with my fear and the finger on the trigger wasn't mine. No, the finger is an industry set on its perfect crime, a double-sided gun with both barrels pointed toward children. I remember being 17, I couldn't take it anymore. In a year, I'd be an adult wondering what my childhood was for, if not porn. It took me nine whole years of darkness to one day reach into my pocket and feel its slimy fingers as I unlocked it, porn. See, no other drug is clever enough to find its way into three-year-olds' pockets, and no adult would be dumb enough to calm their kids with shots of vodka, right? All the phones we make a part of us serve well to get that job done, porn. I didn't realize through all those years of anxiousness and lying that my innocence and happiness weren't the only things dying. 
No, it's marriages and families and faith and joy, humanity, not to mention all the children trapped who just can't find a way to breathe. We are killing children with a drug that's made to own our lives and tell us we aren't living. It's our pride and our imperfect actions that load the gun that's pointed at the kids and it's in fashion. No, no more. This ain't love, it's a placebo. And it's time for us to overcome and prove that we're the heroes. Now I'm 18 and I realize what I was missing. For the years I was addicted, I forgot that God was with me. We aren't perfect. We all have pains and sadness, but recovery is not pulling off a bandage or a scab. It's turning outward because loneliness is just the lie we're given. 90 odd percent of people who are living what we're living and a God and friends and parents who never aren't listening. So though it hurts to overcome and it might just take a minute, I've learned that every single vice does have a virtue if you let it. There's a real connection in this world to be found through all the hardness. There's a flame of truth and love if we're all willing to just spark it and a light that covers up our flaws and shows us through the darkness. And we're all just children, learning to love children. The hero's throne is there if we will fill it. We're just children, learning to love children. And when we love, we lose ourselves and defeat the real villain. We can save the children. Wow, man. Thank you so much. Um, some people Absolutely. have asked me, they're like, Nate, you know, bullies be gone. This is a anti-bully advocacy page. Why the heck are you going down social media's throat right now? I'm like, because <laughs> social media is the biggest bully. Um, and if we can learn to love children and put them first, then we're going to be able to do a lot of good things. All right. So how can people find you and your projects, man? Shameless plug time. Perfect. Um, so my Instagram is at Luke peach tree, like the tree that grows peaches. Cause um, nobody can say your last name. Right. So you, you just leaned in with it. <laughs> yes. At Luke peach tree. Um, right now I'm working on a project with my friends, Smith, Ashley, and will. Um, it's going to be, called uh, Share Your Struggles Week. That's going to be the first week of December. Um, go ahead and check out on Instagram at Share Struggles Week. Um, go ahead and give it a follow. We're going to be creating a big old movement of vulnerability and positivity and love um, and sharing our struggles over social media. So go and check out um, at Share Struggles Week on Instagram. We'll be posting all the information you need to know there. Um, and then go ahead and check out my YouTube channel. Um, it's at light breaks forth, no spaces, um, breaks as in like B R E A K S. Um, and I upload video essays there every week. Um, and so you can go and check that out, learn some stuff, but, uh, yeah. Awesome. And all those are going to be in the show description. So go check him out guys. Um, go get some positivity there. Um, Wow. Guys, just go, go, go follow him. He's a stud. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, go and for your daily dose of positivity, go and follow me bullies, gone on Instagram. Um, and always remember guys, you are wonderful. You are worthy and you are worth it. We'll see you on the next one.